Welcome to Insights into Success, where with your host Paul Dodds, we hope to educate, inspire and motivate you to achieve your own personal success. We talk to guests from all around the world from a variety of walks of life to hear the realities of their own journey to success. What challenges have they faced, how they cope with failure and what have been the keys or will be the keys to their own success. In our Read to Succeed interviews, we talk books that have inspired our guests and for some, they share their secrets to marketing success. Join us as we give you insights into success. Well, welcome back to Insights into Success, where today our theme is Read to Succeed, and our special guest is Jeremy Slate. Now, Jeremy was in our recent podcast, Insights into Success, and I've managed to persuade him to come back to share some of the books with us that he's really found inspirational. So I know interesting um, that Jeremy's got a really interesting list of books. So, Jeremy, take it away and tell us about some books that you've read that have really inspired you and what are they actually about and how how exactly is it that they have really motivated or inspired you well first of all thanks for having me back paul um second of all like a lot of the books i read are going to focus on history because i find that um you know there's so much to be learned from that and i think it's interesting because i think there's so much value in those experiences i think we can bring in every single part of our life whether it's business whether it's um, relationships, whatever it may be. Um, and the first one that I was really, really interested in is it's called The Great Bridge by David McCullough. And it's about building the Brooklyn Bridge in you know, the late 1800s, early 1900s. And it's it's wild to like, number one, learn the, the level of technology that was required to build this. So I, I think the thing that's interesting is to see when a dream becomes a reality. Because All I right. think it's the people that can think really big that can do some pretty incredible things. And, and the gentleman that actually put together the plans for, for this bridge, his name's John Roebling. And he was the first person to build the bridge over Niagara Falls. So he'd already had this giant achievement. He's like, well, I need a bigger one. I'm going to build the bridge from Manhattan to Brooklyn, which at that point in time, those two things weren't connected. So it was this really difficult way to get around. Commerce was very hard. And it was just a really big deal to be able to do this. So he constructs these plans. He has the whole thing ready to go. And early in the program, he dies. Wow. And it's just this like, he has this this plan and it just he, he dies before he can execute it. And his son, Washington Roebling, ends up taking it over. And it's wild how they do it. Um, when, they, they, when they put the beams in the ground to, to actually like be able to drill down to do this, they put these giant yeah. hollow tubes in. They're called caissons. And what yeah. happens is you have like four or five guys inside these things just drilling into the ground because they got to put the, 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 the supports down for the bridge. And the further right. they drill, the further down the tube goes. And these four or five guys would be in there. And because of all the pressure under more water you're getting and whatever, they'd start to get the, the nitrogen in their blood. They call that the bends. Yeah. And it's like a really not good health issue. And uh, Washington Roebling ends up getting sick through this whole thing. And he's incapacitated, he's in bed, and his wife runs the project. So, oh, his, no so, his, so, his, so he's actually the architect with his name on the bridge, Washington Roebling, but his yeah. wife actually ran most of the project. And I think to me, that's really, really interesting because it shows like also the importance in having you know, a good support system and people on the same page, right? Like if his wife didn't know anything about bridge building and didn't know anything about running projects, which she did because you know she was very into it, that project would have never gotten done. So it, to me, I think I think that's really interesting. At the same time, just the the achievement of of man when you can put you know that level of ability onto something. To 
I can't imagine they didn't have any of the technology we had now. They just had these giant drills. They had, you know, steam power. They had all these different things they did. And just to see that someone can achieve that. And it was this incredible technological thing. And it connects Brooklyn and Manhattan was just, it was incredible. And there's just, to me, there's, there's so many more learning points than that, but those are the the several things that took away. So with the wife, I'm just curious, like, did she have any sort of formal education in that area? I don't remember. It's been a while since I've read that one, but I know like the the way that the way that this actually started is the Roblings had a company that um, like twisted wires because the right. way they actually build those bridges is are suspension bridges. Yeah, so they would take yeah. hundreds of wires and twist them together to make make cables, and yeah. and that was actually where the company came from. And I I believe she worked in like the administrative office for the company, so she probably knew enough about how it operates. And obviously. Um, enough about like how to actually run this project, but it doesn't get done, right. you know, without Washington Roebling's wife running the project. Wow, I mean that's quite a remarkable achievement and incredible to have um, all those issues and still manage to successfully complete the project. And it was a long project. It was like I can't remember the no- the exact number of years, but it was like five or ten years it took to build this bridge. And it, it, as you can see, like it outlasted many of the people that had started working on it, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, wow, incredible story. All right. So what about book number two? Number two, um, it's another history book. Uh, it's called Ermengarde <laughs> of Narbonne and the World of the Troubadours. And uh, it, it's so it takes place um, in the 12 in the 1100s to the 1200s in um, southern France, um, an area called Narbonne. And this mm. is a really interesting part of the world because um, it was really kind of ahead of its time. Um, it was close to close to Spain close to Southern France. And then also um, they also spoke Latin there too. So they spoke this really interesting language. It was called Languedoc. Um, You know, uh, the, the area was called the dock. Um, It was like kind of this, this sticking out region of of France. And they spoke Languedoc, which is a mix of Spanish, French, and Latin. Very, very interesting. Yeah. And um, they had this like really enlightened society, really interesting society. And this woman, Ermengarde, um, during that time period, uh, she was like a noble. So she wasn't like she wasn't royalty, but she was a noble where yeah. her family was controlling territory. And during and and what would happen during that time period is like, say, the woman had like land that was the possession of the family. Well, once she married a man, that would become the possession of that man. Right. Like he would be the noble right. of that territory. But yeah. what she realized is if she never got married, she would be able to act like the ruling noble. So she would continue to date over the years. She'd continue to lean <laughs> on. She'd continue to do all these different things. And she'd go, I'm, I think I'm going to get engaged now, but I'm not. And she <laughs> did this for many, many years. And she was actually able to be a very successful like ruler in this area. And it was yeah. actually because of her that it kept there from being war between Narbonne and, and Carcassonne and all these different areas in there. And she actually kept this very peaceful area with a very good economy um and she had figured out that her whole ruse was um if i just let him think i'm getting married i can keep doing what i'm doing so to me yeah i just think the 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 thing is is knowing the rules of the game right if you know the rules of the game you can play the game like a master and i think it just shows you what you can achieve if you know all the the individual rules to the game yeah it's interesting isn't it so she i mean she decided to not follow the norm Mm-hmm. To her, obviously, there was a, an element of appeal or interest in having control over, you know, her um, property that she had. And, um, yeah, choosing to look um, at a left field and take a different approach and, and 
sort of, I guess, probably achieved multiple goals, but in an unorthodox way, or at least at that point in time. And the thing, the, the thing that was bad about that, though, because there is always, a, there, there can always be a negative to that, is because she never got married. Um, when she passed, there was no issue, so nobody took over the land, and then there was fighting over the land after she died. So while right. the strategy was very successful while she lived, since there was no, yeah. you know, you know, issue or no one to carry on the name, um, there was, you know, tumultuousness after that. So there, there right. is also the negative in it as well. Right. I guess having a child and remaining not wed wasn't really an option probably back then either. That's probably No, you would have been exiled from society at that point in time. That was not acceptable. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Well, I'm, I'm pleased I don't live back in those times. I have been to Narbonne too, by the way, uh, which is a beautiful part of um, southern France. I've never been there, but it's on the list. Like it's it's mm. this this book gave me so much appreciation for uh, Narbonne and Toulouse and areas like that, yeah. which are in that part of France. And that sent me down a whole other rabbit hole of reading books about about that uh, area of the world, which are just very interesting as well. Yeah, and def definitely worth a visit. And I think I think if you can go visit somewhere in the world and, and know a bit more about the history, you'll get even more out of it. I mean, it's a shame, isn't it? So often we can travel to different places in the world and we don't really get as much out of it as what we could because we don't know the history behind it. And, then, and mm -hmm. if we did, it would mean so much more to us being in those places. Well, you know what's interesting too, Paul? So that area of the world, as I mentioned, they got like super enlightened. Um, yeah. Have you heard of the, uh, the Albigensian Crusade? Um, it's where no. the Pope, so the, so in this area of the world, um, these people were what was known as Cathars. So they were right. kind of Christians, kind of not kind of worshiping Apollo. Like we don't quite know like what they were doing. So they yeah. got to this, this very like society where men and women were equal, you know, Jews and Christians were equal, all this, like, oh. it was like a very like level society that was doing quite well. So the Pope felt threatened by it. So around 1300, um, what's known as the Albigensian crusade comes in. And that's where the, the Pope actually goes in there and kills like thousands of people. So he felt threatened by these people that had created this really like peaceful territory. Well, that sounds really Christian-like, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's, it's, it's when uh, political power and religious power intertwine, which, you know, no matter how you look on it, that's a dangerous thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. What about book number three? Number three is, is of a much different bend. There's no history involved. It's called The 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. Yeah. And to me, this is the book that's affected every single thing I've done in my life because wow. Grant talks about the idea of if you want to actually succeed at something, you need to do 10x the amount of effort you need to do in order to get it. Because the right. reason the reason is like, let's say you need 10 of something. If you just go for 10, well, you're not going to have enough to get 10. Go for if you're going to get 100 and you actually get 10. And so to right. me, I've taken that in everything I've done. Like, OK, so. I need to make a hundred phone calls. I need to make a thousand phone calls. I need to, you know, reach out to 500 people. I need to do whatever it is. And so because of that, um, it's caused me to have a higher estimation of effort on every goal I go for, because the, the problem is most people do not shoot high enough in a goal, right? Like if you have a right. good sales closing rate in the sales world, you're like at 20%. So that means if you want to sell more, you got to really, really up your numbers. So to yeah. me, it's been one of the single biggest, uh, you know, guiding books I've read out there, though it's a very simple concept. Yeah. And for you, how long ago did you read that book? Uh, 2012, actually, 2012, 2013. Um, and right. It was, so that was, it was right back in the early days. So it really has, it was, a, you know, a precursor to what you've now done. So for you, it really did make quite a difference. It was a key book. It, it, as I said, it changed my mindset and everything. You know, it's why when I launched my podcast, I 
reached out to 100 people I admired, not just five or 10. Um, it's why when I, um, you know, got the show going, I reached out to thousands of people because I knew if I went to 50, it wasn't going to do anything. So it's yeah. been a, a, a guiding principle to every single thing I've done in my life. And if I had to say it's been my secret su success, I would say it's that. Wow. Interesting. And in terms of your reading, what's your reading style? Do you prefer, you know, physical book, hobo, you know, um, audio book? What do you prefer? That's, that's changed over the years. So um, as my life's gotten busier, um, I've done, I've always preferred like tangible paper books. That's always been my yeah. thing. I, I, I like a hardcover. I, I like reading that way. Um, and I, if you see any of my books, they have like an obnoxious amount of highlighting in it. And I, I don't know what I was actually going to do with it when I was highlighting it, but I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. Let me highlight it. <laughs> um, so I've always preferred a paper book, but in the last like probably three or four years, I've, I've gone more to audible. Um, yeah. and that it's just tend to work more my lifestyle now. I just don't have the right. time I'd like to have to sit down and read, especially with yeah. kids, man. Like they can be, yeah. it can be like grabbing your book and running away and laughing. Daddy, daddy, I got your book. Ha 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 ha. So <laughs> for me, I found like, um, like audible has just worked better with my lifestyle. Right. And in terms of topics of books, um, I get the feeling that it's mainly history, but history. I also, I also love biographies and autobiographies. Like I've, I've right. read some really interesting ones. Like um, I read a biography of Sam Walton. That was pretty interesting. Um, yeah. And like, you know, cause even look, you look at what they've, what his original perspective is and what they've done with Walmart are just like vastly different. He would not want to do what the corporation is currently doing. Wow. Um, or, um, I read a really interesting book called the everything store. It's about the founding of Amazon, which is, uh, which was really good. Um, I read another one, which was obnoxiously long and it was called Truman, uh, about Harry, Harry S. Truman, which is quite interesting. Oh, yes. And yep. the S did not stand for anything. It just was an S because he thought he needed a middle initial. Um, well, that's like Ulysses S. Grant. The S was actually a mistake when, <laughs> when he went, when he went to military college, I'm trying to think of the proper name for it, but the military college, they made a mistake and put put the S in and it's stayed ever since. So yeah, really it, that actually stood for nothing either. It's, it, but for me, it's a lot of history books, a lot of biographies, a lot of autobiographies. Um, I'm just always interested in things like that. Um, it's weird because I find that those concepts are much more um, applicable to business and to into life and to things like that because you can see how other people think. You can see how they react. Yeah. You can see what they've been through. Um, yeah. I, I also tend to read like a lot of the same author, um, like uh, David McCullough. I've read a lot of his books, so he tends to be super long-winded, which can you know be tough sometimes. Yeah. Um, I also read a lot of classics, um, like... Uh, like uh, I read Crime and Punishment by uh, Fedor Dostoevsky, which is really interesting. Um, you know, War and Peace, uh, Tolstoy uh, was interesting. Wow. Um, Tale of Two Cities is a great book. I just I love reading books like that. They're just I'm, yeah. I'm very interested in, you know, I guess the tomes of society. Um, Atlas Shrugged, uh, Ayn Rand. So I'm just very interested in like large, big, long topics. And what about do you ever read any fiction? Not as much as I used to. Um, I used to be right. very into fiction. Um, like C.S. Lewis has a really great, um, people think of him for like the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe and things like that. But like yeah. he actually has a really great like sci-fi uh, book series. Um, it's a three book series um, where he talks about like finding this other planet and stuff like that, which is quite interesting. So I, I don't read as much of that as I used to. And maybe I should, maybe I need to get my imagination working again. But I find yeah, that right. I've been really into like history and, and biographies. And how often do you read? 
Do you like, do you, and do you have a program for it or you just, whenever I can fit it in? Whenever I can fit it in, I'm usually, so whenever I'm working on something or doing something, I'm usually always listening to a podcast or an audiobook. Yeah. So um, I'm usually listening to something every day. Right. Cool. All right, Jeremy. Well, thank you very much for staying on and sharing with us and read to succeed. It's yeah, it's been very interesting. And, and what I love about this is you get some really diverse perspectives and some totally different books that you probably quite possibly would never have thought of yourself. So mm-hmm. for me, I'm, I'm I'm enjoying just being able to get some ideas of other books to read because I like reading. Not everyone does, but I do, and I think life's an ongoing journey of learning, and, and reading's a great way to do it. So, um, yeah, hopefully, with this podcast, we can in- encourage people and inspire people for new books to read. Yeah, and and I guess there's one more fictional book now because it's coming to me now that we've been talking yep. about fiction. Um, I Claudius by Robert Graves, very okay. interesting. It takes the first few uh, Roman emperors and it kind of turns their life into like a, um like a like a novel type thing and pbs actually did a um like a a, a movie series on it which is very interesting yeah. but i claudius robert graves is very interesting wow another great historical based book hmm. all right jeremy well thank you so much for that it's been really awesome to to meet you and, and i appreciate you know you spending your time and sharing with us and, and yeah i know i've got some good benefit from it so thank you so much and we look forward to your book coming out soon too. So we might be able to add that to the list shortly as well. I, I hope so, man. I really appreciate you having me and I, and I hope people were able to get some insight into, you know, what I read and, you know, what I gather from that today. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you very much and take care. Absolutely.